Health Fuels Hustle, a podcast for business owners looking to create their own brand of work-life balance. This podcast is for creatives looking to improve their health naturally and funnel that energy into the work they live and love. I'm your host, Amy Koretsky, an acupuncturist, herbalist, and health coach for creatives. Welcome back to Health Fuels Hustle, season four, and this is episode one. I'm back. You know, I know I said that at the end of season three, I was going to take a month or two break and do a couple things in my personal life and my business life and then come back with season four and one or two months kind of turned into like nine, 10, 11, almost 12 months. So I have a little explaining to do for all of you. You know, my there's been a lot of changes in my life. My health has changed a lot. My hustle has changed a lot. My self-care has changed a lot. And they're all completely intertwined. And I really wanted to take this time in this first episode and bring you along for the ride and share with you all of the changes that have been going on so that you can really feel like, um, like you have a peek behind the curtain, a little backstage pass to what's going on in my life right now. So I figured that maybe the best way to do that was to actually invite a dear friend of mine onto the podcast and have her interview me. So that's what I did. Uh, my friend Maggie Gentry is is amazing and wonderful and was so gracious enough to come on the show and interview me for this first episode. Let me tell you a little bit about Maggie. Uh, She empowers creatives to own your why so that you can grow your business intentionally using custom marketing plan built around your core values. Uh, She has a unique approach which blends business coaching, marketing, consulting, and seriously, a fuck ton of compassion, (laughs) which allows you to grow your business in a way that feels perfectly tailored to you. She's also the co-founder of Mindful Moments ATX, Austin, Texas, uh, which is a self-care event series for women and femmes working to establish their own wellness rituals. Um, She's someone that I really consider a very, very dear friend. Um, I've worked with her. She's worked with me. Like, we'll talk about that a little bit in this episode. And I trust her so implicitly that I actually invited her to guest teach at my very first wellness retreat, uh, the Boss Magic Retreat that I hosted this last winter in Joshua Tree, California. So we've kind of woven our lives and our businesses together in this really beautiful way. And I thought that this was a nice way to continue that that weaving. So without further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you listen to our interview. Thanks for being here, y'all. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your patience and waiting for this next season. You're the best. Hey y'all, um, I'm really excited because this is the first episode of season four of Health Fields Hustle. And one thing that I wanted to do as this first episode is um have somebody interview me. So I asked my lovely and amazing and smart and talented and beautiful friend, Maggie Gentry, um, to come on the podcast and actually ask me some questions so that I can share with all of you um, what's been going on with me for the last year or so since you've heard me on this podcast. So uh, Maggie, do you want to do a quick introduction of yourself? Yeah, happy to. Um, and thanks for having me on. It's really nice to be here. Um, yeah, so I um, have a thought partnership and marketing strategy business. 
Um, and I started a couple years ago and Amy and I connected, gosh, it, I'm trying to even remember it was in a few different online circles. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think it was through the Graham gang first and being boss. Um, but we just kind of, I felt like I saw you and all of these wonderful communities online. Um, and so from there, um, we just like really connected, um, you were a part of my very first like um, self care cohort when I did that like group workshop. Yes, you were in my yeah. very first cohort. Yeah, that was amazing. Gosh, that was over a year ago now. Oh yeah, it was like way over a year ago. <laughs> it was like a couple years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, so we did that, and then um, and then I was so honored. So this past spring, when you hosted your first retreat in Joshua Tree. Um, you asked me to present a workshop, kind of the business side of the workshop for this mind, body, and biz retreat. Um, and so I put together a workshop called How to Heal Your Business. Which is and, amazing, by the way. Like, it oh, was seriously, okay. it was so fun not only to, um, you know, like be leading this retreat, but also be able to be a participant at times. And so that was like a really special part for me. It's, I didn't necessarily have to be holding space all the time for all these people because you're such a great space holder yourself. And so you were holding space for like me included during that time. And that was really right. special for me. It was, I mean, that whole experience I think was powerful. There's something truly magical about being in the desert. Um, and it felt really, it felt really expansive for me to be able to present this kind of new idea um, and you presenting this idea for me was really the kind of impetus that um, allowed me to kind of think about how I could shift and change in my business. So thanks for that. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, that's kind of, that's how we really started um our relationship and then I, I think the first time I got to hug you in person that was being boss New Orleans yeah. last year that was fun uh we shared a house with some other amazing women and uh, so it was really fun to explore the city um and be with a community of other business owners but yeah uh, in-person connection, y'all, that's where it's at. For all of you listening, Maggie and I highly encourage you to get in person with your people and hug them hard. Mm -hmm. So true. <laughs> well, Amy, I'd love to just start off and because it has been almost a year since your last episode yeah. aired. Um and a lot's been going on for you. You know, and <laughs> so, it's so funny because during my last episode, I was like, I'm taking a little break, y'all. I'll be back in a couple months. And then like one month turned into three months, turned into six months, turned into like, you know, at this point, 10 or 11 months. So yeah, it's been a little while. Well, you started a whole new business. I did. Yeah. So for people listening that maybe don't know this, um, I merged my physical, like in Minneapolis acupuncture practice with my now work wife, Kim Christensen, who <laughs> I love dearly, and she will be on this podcast sooner than later. Um, and we merged our acupuncture practices together. We expanded and like remodeled a space. We hired employees. We are, we have like a thriving physical clinic where people are, you know, coming in and out of it all day long. And we have a waiting room and we sell stuff and like, it's, it's, it's being like a real 
business owner. Not that what I was doing before wasn't being a real business owner, but there's something about having a, a physical location and having employees that like puts a whole level of um, seriousness and stress and excitement all around it. Yeah. How, um, I mean, how has that transition been for you? Because now you were predominantly working from home, right? I mean, well, where did you take your acupuncture? Well, I, I had like before? a, I had a clinic, um, like a one room office before, like my acupuncture okay. office before was literally the size of my bedroom. It was tiny. It was like, you know, a hundred square feet. And now, um, we have this space that's like a thousand square feet and we have three treatment rooms and the office and a waiting room. And, um, you know, the transition was a lot harder than I was expecting to be a hundred percent honest. I really kind of went into it. Both Kim and I went into it with this idea of like, um, you know, two minds are better than one, like we'll be able to serve more people coming together. Um, the whole thing came about because we had this opportunity to move into a larger space and I couldn't afford it financially on my own and she couldn't afford it financially on her own. And so we're like, well, if we actually merge together, I think we could actually make this really successful. Um, but it's one of those weird math things where like, in this instance, one plus one equals a hundred as opposed to one plus one equaling two, because, uh, there's been a lot more work going into it. And I will say, you know, I don't want to speak for Kim, but she and I have had conversations about how both of us have been kind of surprised as to how much more work it was than Mm -hmm. running our own solo businesses and how incredibly and forever grateful we are for each other, because there's no way we, um, there's, there's no way I'd be able to run a clinic of this size by myself. Um, She's told me that she doesn't think she would be able to run a clinic of this size by her herself and really we complement each other a lot in a lot of ways like our skill sets and so it's been incredibly incredibly helpful to have each other because um I would have totally fallen into the well of um burnout basically if we didn't have each other and as somebody that like teaches other people how not to fall in the well of burnout that was really hard for me because I was I was giving myself a lot of grief around the fact that I was struggling and that I was Mm -hmm. feeling on the edge of things so it was been harder than I thought (laughs) yeah how have you been able to find moments of stillness and softness and grace and forgiveness during a transition that has been harder than you expected yeah um I think that's like an ever evolving process. I think <laughs> I think that really having the support of Kim and my ability to support her and like having each other has really been like the saving grace and that when one of us is feeling like we're on the edge, the other one is really able to step up and like um not take over, but like pick up some of the slack. For instance, Mm -hmm. you know, I, a lot of you listening probably know that I went to California for a month this winter and part of it was work related because I led the retreat that Maggie was just talking about. But part of it was also just like a time for me to sleep nine hours a night if I needed to, and to like go hike the Joshua tree park and connect with the earth a little bit more and restore my batteries And Kim was amazing during that time and really picked up a lot of slack. Like I did, I still was doing a lot of our accounting and doing some stuff from California, but there was a lot of work that she picked up. And then recently um, she's 
gone through some stuff in her life where she needed um, to pull back from the clinic a little bit and really focus on her life. And I mm-hmm. was like feeling rest and restored from California. So I was like ready to pick up the slack for her. And so mm-hmm. that's been really important. And also, I mean, everyone will hear this interview later on in the season when I interview our friend um, Barbara Aroshina. But um, she's my therapist or emotional wellness coach or whatever you want to call it. And Maggie is nodding her head because she knows the amazingness of Barbara. I sure do. <laughs> and, um, and I think that really committing to that practice of like having um, a coach, not just like a business coach and not just like, you know, even like a life coach, but someone that's really ready to like wade the super deep emotional waters with you, with me, um, has Mm -hmm. been super important as well. Yeah. And I mean, so I've also worked with Barbara. Um, and the thing that always comes back to me through our time together is how she acknowledges that we all have needs and I am slowly I think I've been working with her for over a year now, but slowly I'm to the point where I feel like I can identify and ask for the support that I need. Dude, the identify part is huge because when she and I first started working together, I was having so much frustration around. She would ask me like, well, what do you need right now? Like, what support do you need? And at one point I just kind of blew up at her and I was like, what the fuck do you mean by that? And I was like, can you give me a bullet pointed list of what needs are? Because at this point, I don't even know what I fucking need. And and she was so gentle and kind with me during that little explosion because I really was at the point where when I think of like, you know, what support I was needing. I was like, well, I need Tony to like take care of the dog more or I need Mm. um, Kim to help me with this thing at work. Or like, I was thinking of these like task oriented things, not like, I don't even know how to explain it, but um, really getting at the, at the core. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is all coming back to what I was going to ask you or just, I, I also have a really supportive partnership um, with Mindful Moments, which is a self-care event series that was birthed from the self-care workshop that you led. Because yeah. um, it was really this idea of, not that I'm an expert, but I wanted to create a platform, a space for other people to explore what self-care meant for them. And so I, I have been working with my partner, Mandy, on this project. And there's something that's really nice, because I think you and I have that in, similar and that we're pretty like type A people. And so we have to constantly pull back from this overproduction mode. Absolutely. And so it's been really powerful for me to have this lovely partner and Mandy to be able to say, Hey, I really can't do this right now. I really need some time for me, or I really need you to take over this event. And I'm wondering how you, and it's been a practice too, because usually I just want to push through and do it anyway, because I said I was going to do it. So I just want to do it Totally. um, rather than having the support system and using it. And so I'm just wondering, even though there's been, you know, some challenges in the transition, do you also feel like you have, I don't know if it's like a, a better support system, but are you finding some expansion like in having this partner too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... It, 
I think the expansion comes from feeling that there's like a net underneath mm-hmm. me so that like it's safer to jump because um because I do have that support system mm-hmm. um and I think that a lot of times when we because like expansion always comes with contraction and contraction always comes with expansion you know they come hand in hand and I think that um my willingness to embrace the expansion really comes from the trust that I've been really deeply cultivating over the last couple of years. Like, do you do the thing where you like choose a word of the year? Oh yeah. Okay. So two years ago, not like not 2018, but 2017, my word of the year was trust. And it was also the year that I started, um, started the year, like right away in January doing the Brooklyn Fools um, tarot immersion that I did with Jeff Hinshaw. And it was like a six month immersion. And we set intentions at the beginning of that. And my intention was to like, trust my, um, my vision and my voice. That was what my intention was. And it was amazing, like how much that intention really did kind of manifest over the course of the year. And I really started really deeply honoring and trusting myself and my intuition. And then, um, this year's word of the year has been ease and that like this idea that things don't have to be so difficult and I don't have to have so much resistance or things don't have to be resisting me all the time and um that you know um success in life or success in business or whatever can have the sense of ease with it and I feel like that ease isn't I wouldn't have been able to just jump into that intention without having built the foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like I could never mm-hmm. have had ease as my word of the year for 2016 or 2017 without doing the word of the year of trust first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. And I mean, I think that um, it's so funny. So actually, my word this year is trust. And I, think I remember I like you it, telling me that and I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Well, and I think a huge piece of that and kind of like a sub word for me that I always have to remind myself is receive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that receiving, which again, asking for what we need, identifying what it is that we do need and what support we need is like really tough. Oh, completely. I mean, um, I had this really weird experience a couple months ago. I think it was in December of 2017 and I was traveling a bunch because I was doing my level two and level three breathwork trainings during that time. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to New York and California a bunch and I was in California and the level three breath or no, the level two breathwork training. Um, it was all about, it was all about this idea of exchange. So like exchanging mm-hmm. like money and exchanging energy and exchanging love and this like discomfort that we sometimes have around we're good about giving but we're not good about receiving and it was funny because that training um was like two weeks after I had spent time in California and when I was in California doing the other training I had this like strange strange experience where people were just giving me stuff all weekend like random strangers were giving me crystals like I got a handful of crystals from various people that I did not know at all I was getting free stuff from um, shops that I was going into almost every single meal that I ate was like paid for because people were offering to like buy me dinner and stuff I had a free place to stay because I was 
thought I was going to um, get a hotel and then I was like feeling a little financially pinched and a cousin of mine lives out there and she was like, oh, you can just come and stay with me for free. And I was like, amazing. So I, I kept really trying to, I felt like it was an exercise in receiving and it was an exercise in me mm-hmm. just saying, thank you. Like just smiling <laughs> and saying thank you and not, you know, brushing it off and being like, oh no, 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 I'll pay, I'll pay or like whatever, or giving the Christmas yeah. back or not accepting it. It was just this total experiment and exercise in receiving small things. It wasn't like any, you know, the crystals are like probably cost a couple dollars or whatever. And like a meal here or there is not that big. It's not like people were giving me huge sums of money or anything, but it definitely was that I feel like when we go through big periods of expansion, we have to like test our boundaries first, like like Mm -hmm. with small things so that we don't, um, we don't freak out when we like overextend our capacity to receive. And so I feel like that weekend was like all of these like small ways where I'm slowly growing my bubble of receiving like little bits by little bits. So yeah, that, totally. Right. So that then when the retreat happened, like a couple weeks later, I could really just like sit in the abundance of like receiving all of this love and support from all these people that paid me large sums of money to like come and work with me for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, interesting how um we have to allow ourselves to like break open just bit by bit um to allow for those like big movements and like big shifts yeah it's like a rubber band where like you have to like stretch it out like here and there a little bit before you just like expand it all the way because otherwise it's just gonna break and pop and snap totally (laughs) yeah and then because i'm curious too just like getting back to um your evolution and things that have changed. So, I mean, with the whole new business too, how has your self-care practice shifted or changed? Like what has been um, different about having this whole new business and now you're a boss versus just working for yourself and you have a team. Um, You know, it's interesting because there's two main things that come to mind. Like one um, is that, I I don't love this idea of like um, that we have to make sacrifices because that is the same sort of idea of that things need to be hard. But it mm. and at the same time, I do feel like priorities need to be made, and some things take priority over other things. So for one thing, is like a lot of people listening to this podcast know me as someone that like loves to work out and does a lot of like powerlifting and has competed in powerlifting meets and. I will be straight fucking honest here and say that I barely have worked out in the last year and not because I don't love it or because it isn't a form of self-care for me. It was more that I was starting to get to the point where working out actually felt like it was worse for my body as opposed to better for my body Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was hitting this point where I wasn't actually in burnout, but I could feel my adrenals feeling really taxed and work out working out as a type of stress on the adrenals. And so for me, um, doing some of that high intensity CrossFit stuff or even powerlifting actually felt worse for my body. And so what I, I knew what I needed at that time was sleep, like more than anything I needed as much sleep as possible and waking up extra early in the morning to go to the gym just ended up being that thing that stopped being a priority for me. Um, and I know you love like doing yoga and stuff. And I, Mm -hmm. 
I like yoga. I don't know if I would say that I love yoga, but I did um, really focus on going to more yoga classes or doing, going for walks with my dog, like just going for a hike, something that's like still moving my body every single day, but in like much gentler ways that I felt were more supportive for my adrenal system. Yeah. So that's like one thing. And then the other thing is um, really working on boundaries. I feel like um, (laughs) that's totally a huge thing when it comes to self-care. And I feel like I'm really good at holding boundaries with other people. And I would say that as like a boss, and I say the word boss in the term now of like actually having employees that are Mm W-2 employees and that are dependent upon me doing my work so that they get a paycheck every two weeks. Um, They're... I have a hard time with like boundaries because with myself, like holding myself to certain boundaries because I don't have a problem. Someone sends me an email saying that they want to have a coffee date. I don't have a problem emailing back and being like, thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out. And at the same time, I'm feeling overextended and I don't have time to do that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't bother me. But my own boundaries where I'm like, I'm only working X number of hours or I'm going to leave the office at 2 p.m. today or like those sorts of things. I have a really hard time like sticking to my own personal like self-inflicted, I you could say, boundaries because I do feel so strongly that I want to make sure that I'm like providing for my employees and, yeah. make you know, providing for like holding up my end of the bargain with Kim and stuff like that. And I think that that's just me being like my own worst critic or like being hardest harder on myself than anyone else is being. So yeah, working on boundaries in that way. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for you, like how, cause I, I'm in a similar boat, I think where I'm very much like having to test. Um, I think it's going back to like, I'm even having to define what are these boundaries that I want to create Ooh, and, yeah. and stand for. Um, and I think it, it goes back even further to the idea of like identifying what these needs are and what support I need. Um, so that I can define the boundary so that I can feel more spacious and have this like really juicy self care that I need, um, or support that I need. So I'm just, I'm curious too, and how that process has been for you. Like, how have you been trying to define what your boundaries even are? Oh my God. That's the million dollar question. (laughs) I feel like I need a whole nother session with Barbara just to like figure that out. <laughs> Actually, I have a session with her this week, so maybe that's what we're going to talk about. I love it. Um, no, but I, hmm, let me sit with this for one second. Sure. I know that I feel best when I'm not overextended in my schedule. Like something as simple as I need... I need space. I need space. I need physical space. Like I am um, a hermit in a lot of different ways. Like my like life card is the nine, which is a hermit. I'm very much an introvert, even though I, you know, people meeting me think that I'm very outgoing, but I'm still an introvert. Like I need a lot of alone time. Um, I need a lot of quiet time. Um, So for me, I think the biggest need that I have is space. And I think the only reason why I'm realizing that need is because I'm not having enough of it right now. And, um, it's when I hit that wall and hit that boundary and feel really scattered, um, not grounded, 
feel very irritable and mm-hmm. exhausted all at the same time. I, I would say those are the things. Like, I don't drink coffee because when I drink coffee, I feel crazy and ungrounded and irritable. Like, it basically, how I feel on coffee is like how I heal how I feel when I hit my boundaries so that's kind of like my body's physical somatic way of being like whoa you're hitting your boundary right now because it feels like you've had five cups of coffee yeah so I guess that's like one way so really um figuring out space so both like physical space emotional space and Mm -hmm. space like in time Mm -hmm. what are some like more practical ways that your self-care ritual or practice has kind of shifted Um, so other than the, like, you know, moving away from exercise and more towards like gentle movement, I would also say that my, like my more like spiritual practices have Mm -hmm. increased. So whether that's, um, committing to doing more breath work myself with like my teachers and my, um, like cohorts, um, or, sitting at my altar doing a lot more like candle magic and like pulling tarot cards and some of that work has been really important. Um, and also like nature, like being, being in California this winter really like drove home the point that like, I need to be connected to nature all the time. Mm -hmm. And I love Minnesota, but like, holy shit, the winter is like really difficult it's really difficult. Like I, I know that there's no bad weather. There's only bad clothing options, but like still, (laughs) you know, being out and running around in the snow with the dog is fun. And at the same time, like being able to actually take off my shoes and put my feet on bare earth and not have them get frostbite is really important to me. Mm -hmm. So I would say like practical things like getting out in nature as much as possible has been really important for me. Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking to the gal who's, I'm in Texas, so it's like <laughs> always hot. <laughs> I know. Next summer, I'm going to come visit you, I think. <laughs> or next you're winter. You're more I mean. than welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice in the winter. It's like now it's, we have a short window where it's bearable to be outside and then it just gets sweltering. But um, yeah. And I'm, you know, this past year for you was one of like big shifts and you know, lots of newness. So do you feel, well, I mean, I guess maybe I'm answering this question for you, but is that kind of why you felt like you needed to take more of a break from the podcast? And Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I, I had every intention of coming back with the podcast in like a month or so. I was like, um, we're going to open this clinic and it's going to take a lot of extra time for like two months. And then I'm going to be back to my regular schedule and like (laughs) back to the regular programming. And that was not at all how it worked. And I'm still um, putting a lot of time and energy into the clinic so much so that, you know, my own personal business I've chosen to step back from in a lot of ways. So I'm taking on less clients. I'm not letting people just book appointments willy-nilly I'm only working with people like long term so people if people want to work with me then they commit to working for three months and we have a set schedule of when we meet so that I have that stability in my schedule like I was talking about with time like really knowing like this is time that I have for myself this is time that I spend with clients um I'm not leading those like small cohort workshops anymore I'm really uh getting specific about 
who I want to work with and how I want to work so that, mm-hmm. because I know that I only have limited amount of time for my solo business and, um, and really with the podcast, like I, I love doing it. Like, it's really fun to do this and it's fun to yeah. like get to interview people that I admire and that I want to like learn more from and to share their wisdom with people that maybe haven't heard of them or met them before. And, um, so doing this is like a labor of love. I wouldn't say that I, I'm feeling a little bit overextended even in these like last couple of weeks as I've been recording all of these episodes for the summer, um, for like the summer season four, but at the same time I'm having a lot of fun doing it and it's like filling up my cup in other ways. And so yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, totally. Well, and I'm curious too, because, um, having been an avid listener of your podcast, I know season one was, um, much more, um, may I say like clinical in nature. I mean, it was like real practical health advice and it's definitely shifted. And so I'm just curious about how, um, how you've navigated that shift and like maybe even let us know like how, what can we expect from the rest of this season? Okay, so I think there's a couple there's a couple answers in there. Some of them are a little <laughs> bit just like straight up practical. Um, because I think that self-care can be super hella practical at times. And so for me, I will say this. Like the reason why season one and two um, were podcasts at all was because I find that writing blog posts takes too long. I mm-hmm. can talk and talk and talk without a problem. But like sitting down and writing something that is worthy of being read takes me more time and so brilliant actually (laughs) and so I was like I don't want to sit and write blogs anymore I'm just gonna make a podcast so it was just like me basically writing or like speaking what I would normally write in a Mm -hmm. blog and then that even started feeling like that was taking up a little bit too much time because there's like research that goes into it and like you know and editing and I want to make sure that I'm not just saying um and huh and like all the time and that it like sounds decent. And so then for season three, I was like, I'm going to do interviews because that feels like um, fun, A, fun, and B, a little bit easier. And I'm all about making things as easy as possible. And so season three was interviews. and, um, And so then as that like shifted so that's just like the practical thing like it kind of went from being more clinical to more um to being interviews just because I felt like that felt fun and easy for me and that was something that like I wanted to do and I always want this podcast to be like fun for me because Mm -hmm. why would I do it if I'm not enjoying it yeah (laughs) and then um I polled my audience this winter and they overwhelmingly wanted to hear from more like healers and like people actually helping other people with their self-care this season and overwhelmingly also wanted to hear more about tarot which I am a hundred percent on board with because as I I fully believe that this podcast is like an extension of my own life and in my Mm -hmm. own life I I still love more like clinical medicine and I still practice clinical medicine but I'm also like a multifaceted person and I am curious about things. And as I get curious about things, I research them and I learn about them and I incorporate them into my life and I share these things with all of you. And so like, as I've been doing that, um, it's just been evolving as I evolve. Yeah. 
and that's exciting. I mean, um, I'm really looking forward. I you told me before we started recording a few of the people that you have coming up, and I'm really excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be hear good these conversations. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, speaking of kind of shifts and evolution, things have definitely changed for you and your business, and especially with adding um, constellation acupuncture like under your belt, but going back to just Amy K stuff, like what is on the horizon for you? What's like your big dreamy epic vision of what you want to be doing? Mm, I love that question. And I feel like, um, during the retreat, that was kind of part, it was like a little bit a part of what you, your workshop was, is like really getting dreamy in there. And I found myself kind of having this moment where I was like, I'm, I'm living it right now. Like I just felt so overwhelmingly grateful in that moment. Cause it was hard for me to even get dreamier than that moment. And I was like, you know, six, eight months ago, I had this vision and this dream of bringing all of these, um, bosses together in a really holistic and you could say like spiritual or like connected way. And, Mm -hmm. and then it happened and we were living it. And so then in that moment, it was hard for me to even like get bigger and more expansive than that. And also throughout that weekend, I came to the realization that not only do I want to do more of that, so more of like holding space for people, more of like leading retreats like that, but also help other people do that too. So I really want to like go and lead breathwork circles at like other people's retreats. I, I basically just want to hold, um, space and breathe with as many people as possible. (laughs) I love that so much. And there's something, I mean, also you have your monthly medicine where you, we can get a piece of your breathwork magic every month, but also there's something unbelievably powerful about breathing in a room with a group of other people. I mean, that was the first time that I've done it. Every other time it's either been one-on-one just like with you or with the recording. Um, But doing it in person with a group of people is something, I mean, it's indescribable. I mean, talk about high vibes, right? It's like the highest of vibes. I mean, it's like you can start vibrating on your own, but like in this like, yeah, I, I, I'm speechless because it's like even trying to recreate the feeling of what that brought up and how we all were able to share these like wild experiences. I mean, it was, it was powerful. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun because, um, you asked me earlier about my own self-care practices, like as my business has shifted and mm-hmm. it's funny cause I, I will share this and no, like, no shade on acupuncture. I have so much respect for that medicine. I still practice that medicine. It was my first, like, love when it comes to medicine. And at the same time, when I'm doing a lot of acupuncture, like, when my, my weeks at the clinic are filled with mostly acupuncture 
clients. Mm -hmm. For one reason or, or another, I feel more exhausted afterwards. I tend to get more headaches and I'm doing all the stuff. Like I'm doing the protection stuff. I'm doing the Qigong. I'm doing the like wearing crystals in my bra. I'm doing it all. Um, and when I, when my weeks are filled with mostly breathwork clients and like coaching and tarot clients, because I do all of those things out, out of um, my personal practice, but also at Constellation as well, which is like somewhat confusing and a whole nother conversation for another time. But um, when I have mostly breathwork clients, I feel jazzed up. I feel like excited. I feel fulfilled. I feel, um, I, I don't feel like I need to do all of the like cleansing and protection and everything. Yeah. So um, there's something about, even though I'm not the one breathing and I'm leading people through the breath I'm still receiving some of that that high vibe energy as well which I think is like just so fucking cool yeah which is partly well, why I'm like I, obsessed with it and want to do it all the time because I'm like who totally. I want to feel this way all the time <laughs> yeah well I mean I don't know how you couldn't it's like it's just palpable yeah totally uh, yeah that's it. incredible yeah and I mean yeah so I just um you know, and, and I'm I'm curious too because I think something that I've been feeling in terms of you know I felt like I had this like rock solid morning routine and I felt really good about it and it was really good for me. Um, but then some things have changed in my life and like now it's not there um, like it used to be. And so I'm curious, you know, just for you and like working out, like how have you? worked through those shifts in your self-care practice where you can like let go of any residual guilt about what they yeah. were. Yeah. Because like also I'm someone that absolutely used to have more of a pretty solid structure of a morning practice where it maybe didn't look the same every morning, but I was still taking time out every morning to like, you know, pull cards or meditate or journal or something like that. And now, um, you know, three days out of the week, I'm actually waking up super early and going to the clinic. And so I'm not going to wake up any earlier than that to do a morning practice because sleep is really important to me. And so, yes, having like grace and compassion with myself and like allowing myself to let some of that go and replace it with other awesome things like going for afternoon walks with my dog or whatever mm -hmm. um has been important and in your question of like how have I allowed myself that grace and compassion I don't know if I have an answer for you I mean the, the first thing that comes up for me is breath work so my doing my own practice of breath work I feel like I've been able to have a lot more self-compassion for myself and um release a lot of like shame and guilt and then also the other thing that comes up for me is the work that I've done with Barbara. So I think those two yeah. things are really what have allowed me to do that. Um, but the main one really is breath work. And it's not this thing where I'm like, oh, I, every time I do breath work, I'm just a little bit more self-compassionate with myself. It's like, <laughs> no, it's, I've had this practice now for a couple of years and it, it's not like all of a sudden on Tuesday I woke up and felt completely self-compassionate. It's just... If I look at myself two years ago from where I am now, I can see a huge difference. But in the moment, the changes are so subtle over time that you don't notice it until you're in a completely different headspace. And you're like, wow, I feel totally different than I did two years ago. But it's not just like a like a 180. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard because I think when we're wanting to shift or change, evolve, grow, um, 
that, you know, I think that we want it to happen quickly. And so it can sometimes be frustrating if it goes like slower than we think or. Totally. And uh, like with self-care, you know, we talk about it as like, you know, preventative versus like reactionary and stuff. And, uh, and while that is so true and so beneficial, um, really thinking about self-care as these like longer term, like sustainable practices. So like we're not mm-hmm. doing it just like sometimes we're doing it because we're having a stressed out day and we just need to like take a bath mm-hmm. and like, you know, ground down a little bit. Um, but also thinking about it in this like um, cumulative way as opposed to its yes. individual parts. Yes. Doing it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Amy, is there anything else before we wrap up that we should know about the season or that you'd like to share? Oh, Um, well, um, I'm just really excited to put this season out there and I'm really excited for all the amazing um, practitioners and healers that I'm talking to this season. So I hope everyone enjoys it. I I mean, anything you put out there is amazing. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, thank you so much for doing this, Maggie. I I, yeah. I love having the like role reversal thing, so it's real fun. It was really fun. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Health Fuels Hustle. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can find them at healthfuelshustle.com or on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more about fueling your hustle, make sure you check out my website at amykoretsky.com. That's where you can find all of my free resources, sign up for my weekly-ish newsletter health notes, and learn more about how you can work with me to help you reach